Amen. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, a couple places. You're going to have to use two or three fingers. Uh, John 12, Matthew 21, and then Mark 11, if you're good, right? If you can grip a basketball, you can get in there. I want to look at today uh, some of these verses. I wanted to pass on. Michelle says hello. She loves you. She misses you. She ended up opening up the Ronald McDonald House this week in Winston-Salem area for Comfort in a Box, her nonprofit, and then was at a conference uh, this weekend that didn't end until late Saturday night, so she couldn't get back in time, and in that church today, so she comes back tomorrow, but she said, like she said, she says, I love your face, so she wanted to pass that on uh, as well, so I'm all alone on the front row, I was trying to get Carlos to come over with me, but he wouldn't come, so... Uh, I want to read the verse that we start, we've been starting with every time, uh, not only in a series, but something for our church for this year. John 6, 35, Jesus says these words, and he said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and who believes in me shall never thirst thirst. Uh, one thing about Palm Sunday, it's in all of the four Gospels. I, and when that happens, I always think that it's the Holy Spirit wanting us to read it four different times. That it's not just an event, but it was a prophetic event. Now, I do have an unusual title today. I didn't find it anywhere else, but I was reading through and I'm, I'm looking at this little donkey colt, and I thought, he's preaching the message today. So I titled my message today, The Preaching Donkey. Right? That's not your neighbor. Be nice. Right? <laughs> but how many of you have been called a donkey before? Or the, the King James Version, maybe, uh, of, a, of a donkey there. There's actually a guy, he's got a podcast, The Preaching Donkey, but he took it from... Oh, no, uh, it's not the pre it's the preaching something or the donkey preaching, but he took it from Balaam's donkey that spoke. But I want to look in just a bit at this donkey, this animal, right, that God uses. And I believe uh, as we go, it's a it's really a prophetic word uh, for us uh, today as well too. So all of the apostles write this. Well, I want to pull. I want to look first at John twelve. I want to look at verse just 12 through 6. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 6. It says this, On the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that he had done these things to him. So then turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, one of the longer 
stories about Palm Sunday. Again, Jesus' last week, Passion Week, John 21, verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. In fact, if you have your Bibles, underline tied and loose them, right? Tied and loose them. Go immediately to the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey and the colt and laid the clothes on them and set, them, set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. You know, uh, these are one of the stories, and I love this story that Jesus says you're going to go into a village and you're going to find this very specific donkey and colt. And if anyone says to you, what are you doing? You just say, the master has need of it, right? And, oh, great, okay. I've always wanted to try that at a car dealership. <laughs> you know, you do the test drive and... You, the guy's saying, what do you think? Man, I really like it. Do you know the Lord has need of it? And hopefully they would say, right? Oh, go ahead and take it. But if you take it, you get arrested, right? That doesn't, and we don't want you uh, on the news from the Hills Church. Oh, we, we just read today, you know, if the Lord has need of it, I needed it. No, 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 don't do that. This was one of those specific uh, things that he said. You know, when we read in the Bible a very great multitude, it was known that in Jerusalem at the time there could have been uh, a million or so people because of the Passover week. We don't know exactly how many were there, but we know it was a very large multitude, but they went before Jesus singing. They went behind Jesus singing. They were throwing down their uh, coats. They were cutting down branches of a tree they were yelling out, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means, we'll read that, save now, right? But in their minds, it wasn't about their hearts getting converted or saved. 
It was about being free from these Romans. And so what we read in verse 11 is the multitudes. It says, this is Jesus, the prophet, right? Oh, and I believe that's why in one of the other Gospels that when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, the Bible says that he wept. It was one of those uncontrollable because they had had an opportunity that they missed out. You know, in Mark 11, uh, verse 2, in fact, the last section says about this donkey, on which no one has sat. No one has sat. I thought, you know, that, that's interesting that however old these are, no little kid even tried to climb on them. You ever taken a kid to the petting zoo? They'll climb on the turtle, they'll climb on the duck, they'll climb on the goat, they climb on every little thing they can get on. This one had nobody ever got on it because it was specifically reserved for Jesus the King, right? He was to be the only one that would be the initial one that would write it. Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26 is where we read what the, the multitudes cried out, and it says this, Psalm 118, save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Save now, that, that Hebrew word Hosanna, right? Save now, save now. Zechariah 9.9 is where we read about the prophetic word about this donkey. This is 500 years before Jesus actually rides on this donkey. This is a prophetic word given 500 years earlier, and it says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey, with all of the scribes and all of the Pharisees that would know these scriptures, not one would speak up. Not one would say anything like, you know, I think this might have got fulfilled today. Not one. But Jesus shows this action when he rides in on a donkey, he's riding in in humility humility. He's still serving those people. He's still serving the city. He's serving the one that is shouting Hosanna that in just a few days is going to shout crucify him. In fact, one of our readings in uh, John, when I read that very end that they chose Barabbas, that's heartbreaking. I'd rather have the worst robber the worst criminal that we have released so that this man would be arrested. Same people are shouting, Hosanna, are going to shout, crucify him. But Jesus uses this as a symbol of humility. Had this been a Roman ruler, he would be riding the biggest stallion that he could find. He would have his armies. They would be geared up, weaponed up, ready to go, and he would be presenting himself as one with authority, ready to clamp down, right? Ready to attack any multitude or crowd. But Jesus came in humility on the back of this donkey. You know, it's interesting if we look up for the donkey. Actually, the donkey, if you go through a, the Bible, 
There are donkeys in almost every chapter of the Bible. There's more uh, in King James, right? They're in almost, I think Revelation is missed out. There's a couple Old Testament. If you had a donkey, you were doing well. Think about that, right? If you had a donkey, you were doing well. If we were farming, I don't think the first thing that we would think of was to get a donkey, would we? You know, I was thinking about, what if we could do a farm? You know, I'd love, I'd love to have a donkey. I don't think we think that, do we? How many of you grew up and you went to a birthday party and the game you played was pin the tail on the donkey? Anybody here? All right. I know that dates probably me, right? Pin, we're playing pin the tail on the donkey. This is, I can't, when is the party? Next Saturday, I can't wait for pin the tail. I can't imagine my son today getting a birthday invite and the game is going to be pin the tail on the donkey, right? Like, it's got to be trampoline park, paintball wars, right? Super slide. It's got, you know, all these different things today. That was the big game. That's what we played, right? You get blindfolded and you had the tail and the pin and they tried to throw you off and it was in the tail on the donkey. I read this quote that said, you know what donkey heaven is? It's when the donkey finally can catch up to the carrot. <laughs> if you've ever seen the picture of the carrot leading the donkey, that's donkey heaven. We don't wear donkeys for Christ apparel, do we? Starting a new clothesline, I'd love, to, love for you to partner with me. Oh, yeah, wait, what's it about? Donkeys for Christ. Oh, I think I'll pass, right? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that at all. And when you think of Winnie the Pooh and all of his companions, the first one, you're probably not going to go buy a T-shirt or a stuffed animal with Eeyore, is it? That's probably not the first one. He, he, he's probably down the list uh, a little bit. Uh, and you have old Eeyore. But though our focus of this story is on Jesus, we're looking at the crowd's actions. We're looking at the words that come out of their heart. And you can also read and see where Jesus' heart is broken and breaks over Jerusalem's opportunity that they're going to miss. We learn a lot of things watching people. We learn a lot of things watching people in events, but King Solomon would look at nature, and he gained wisdom. That's what I want to do today. I want to look at this donkey that I believe is going to preach to us because it was at the right place at the right time tied up and ready for the master, and then untied uh, to serve him. And though donkeys are famous in the Bible, the two scriptures about Palm Sunday that are fulfilled are Psalm, about saved now, and Zechariah the donkey. That's the two prophetic scriptures that are fulfilled on Palm Sunday. And when we go through the Bible, you know, most of us are aware in Numbers chapter 22, there was a talking donkey right it spoke after it kept getting hit by Balaam and talked to him and you think yeah come on all right let me tell you how many of you guys have pets I'm be honest, how, many, how many of you talk to your pet you probably said it this morning didn't you love you I'll be back in just a little bit right bye bye <laughs> you would never do that to somebody at church but you do that to your pet. You want a treat before I go? Right? All of us do. Oh, they're, 
could we just get a, a, a puppy cam so that we can keep an eye on them throughout the day? You know, people do that nowadays. You talk to your pets, right? Do they talk back? If they did, uh, we offer prayer at the end of every service, right? <laughs> For any of you that have that. No, they don't. They don't talk, but you talk to them and you think they listen to you. So why can't God use a donkey to talk to get a guy's attention, right? Could you knock it off? God uses that. There, Samson uses a jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand. Saul is interesting if you study him. Saul, it starts out, he's trying to find his dad's donkeys. Right? Interesting that the one that failed, that sought out a medium, that was jealous, that ended up having the distressing spirit, didn't ride in on one, but was looking for the lost ones at the beginning of when we see him in the Bible. But Solomon, the Bible says in 1 Kings 1, Solomon rode on a mule. Solomon operated in humility. Solomon's prayer was that his heart would be enlarged so that he could judge his people. And the words that they sang or said over King Solomon were the same, God save King Solomon. It's interesting that the words that were said over Jesus, Hosanna, save now. This donkey was born to fulfill Zechariah 9.9. Think about that. This donkey was born to fulfill Zechariah 9.9. It had never been used. It had never been ridden. It was tied up so that it couldn't wander away or nobody else could take it and borrow it or do anything else with it. It was waiting for the ministry of Jesus. Waiting to be untied. You know, we use those words, location, location, location. You ever heard that before? Location, location, location. When I was uh, uh, first couple years in college in the summer, I worked for an engineering company and we would do traffic surveys. We would go to intersections and we'd sit there for six hours with a clicker and we would count traffic. Does that sound like a fun job? In the heat. And the reason we were counting traffic at the time, we'd know certain fast food restaurants that contracted with this engineering company to find out how many vehicles passed at these certain intersections so that part of their data would show whether or not to put a restaurant there. Were there enough people? And did this all summer long. Why? What's so important? Location, location, location. You want to be where the people are coming by. For this donkey, it was location, location. On the village opposite you, you'll immediately find a donkey and its colt. I thought about that. Here's how I made it personal. Jesus knows my exact location today. Think about that. He knows my exact location. He knows where I need to be. He knows where I need to be. And on the donkey situation, it was right where Zechariah prophesied that it would be 500 years earlier. You know, you couldn't set that up today, even five days ahead, to be at the right place at the right time unless God orchestrated it. It was all about where this one was to be located. It was born so it would be at the right location at the time these two disciples came by 
found it to take it to Jesus, and it had never been ridden. And they were able to bypass whoever owned it with the catchphrase, right? The master has need of it. Jesus is so aware today of your location. He's so mindful of you. He knows exactly where you are. You're always on his mind. And then I wrote this down. Though he, he's tied up so he can't wander, he needs to be loosed so that he can be used. He needs to be loosed. You can't, you know, I can't even imagine trying to pull a donkey anywhere. <laughs> now, you know, donkeys are stubborn, right? Wild, they like to kick, they like to do all of those things. And the young ones that have never been ridden, that haven't been broken in, are probably the wilder ones. But this one, though he's tied up, the moment he's loosed, he can be used for the master. So he's in the right place at the right time, tied up, but the moment that he's loosed is going to be a fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9. And I thought about this. May we be like Jesus' donkey. Willing to be untied and waiting patiently to fulfill the assignment that the Lord has for us. May we be like the donkey in the right location, tied and ready, so that when we're loosed, we can fulfill what the Master or the Lord has created us to do. He's submitted to the Lord to follow along. Can you imagine a donkey and crowds of people shouting and throwing things down in front of him? And yet Jesus still comes in in humility and humbleness. So I put, Lord, I want to be submitted to you and not act according to my nature. Uh, act according to when you say go. If this little donkey could have spoke, I believe it would have said, I carried the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I carried the King of Kings. But I think it would have said, had I not been in the right place, had I not been untied, I wouldn't have fulfilled what God had for me. This little donkey carried the King of Kings. So think about this over our lives. The Lord engineers this event to fulfill Zechariah 9.9, and if he can handle that detail, he can handle anything in our lives. He's, Jesus is fulfilling this scripture. If he can do that with a donkey, right? How much more? How much more can he fulfill those things in your life? You know, Palm Sunday doesn't just show us that Jesus is king, but one of the things that it shows, he is wanting to set these people free. He's a liberator of the hearts. He's wanting to set them free. Jesus needed this donkey to show that he was coming in humility. He needed this donkey. Jesus needs you. He can't do the things that he needs to get done without you. He needs you, right? He needs you. He can't fulfill the things he needs to get done without me. So I want to ask you this question. In fact, if you would bow your heads with me today. 
ask yourself this question. What is it that needs to be untied in my life so that I am free to serve him? What is it that needs to be untied in my life so that I'm free to serve him? Father, we come today that you would use an animal, a donkey, that won't say any words, but preaches to us a message of being in the right place at the right time, though maybe we feel tied to the post, you're wanting to untie areas of our life to serve you. You're wanting to take us into places where we're going to need to be bold. Tune out the crowd noise. Know that we're serving the one that's on our back. But once I'm untied, I'm serving you. Lord, I pray in all of our lives today, as you are speaking and will continue to be speaking, Lord, let the question of our hearts today, what needs to be untied so that I can serve you? What needs to be loosed in my life? What have I been holding on to that needs to be loosed so that I can serve you? We're going to worship together in just a minute to this song.